You're listening to the Epic Living Podcast with Jim Simcoe. I'm Jim Simcoe, and I'm here to help you make your life epic. So let's get rolling. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's Jim. I am back from our big trip, back from our 2,300-mile, 13-day trip from Southern California to Oregon, stayed in a treehouse resort, saw some friends in Bend, floated down a river, uh, went to the aquarium in Monterey, saw some sea otters and some elephant seals, and just a great trip. Like I said, 2,300 miles in 13 days, stayed all over the place. It was a blast, absolute blast. Had a great time. Anyway, and while I was gone, luckily my brother and his girlfriend, who both live in Boston, were able to stay at our house. And uh, so I finally got home the other day and took him out to go see a movie. We went and saw Southpaw, which I recommend very, very highly. It's a movie. Uh, Jake Glillenhall, or however you say his name, is in it. And just fantastic movie. Really, really enjoyed it. And after leaving the movie, which is a you know kind of a violent boxing movie that's a tearjerker that has like elements of Goodfellas and God, Godfather and Rocky and, you know, Top Gun and just a variety of different things. It's got a couple different love stories and it's just a fantastic, fantastic movie. Um, and when I left the movie, it really made me think about one of my favorite topics of all time. And, and one that I was like, wow, I haven't really talked about that in the podcast, but I really should because I believe so strongly in it and I'm so into it. And that is the topic of the underdog. So the underdog, the person who is not supposed to succeed and who succeeds anyway. Now, probably a lot has been written about this topic. And probably for me, the one of the biggest things is if you see the movie Rocky where the guy's total underdog and ends up winning at the end of the day and, and how, off, how awesome it is and how awe-inspiring that is. But I have always been fascinated by the underdog because, quite frankly, I've always been the underdog. So this is going to be all about the underdog. So I'm just going to get right, right into it. So the underdog, so for the sake of our definition today, the underdog is really just somebody who people don't think are going to succeed as someone who's got their out, you know, the odds stacked against them and they succeed anyway. So I can tell you from, in my experience of being the underdog, and I've been in a variety of different senses, whether it's been in sports or in business or in life in general, um, people have a tendency when you're the underdog, they have a tendency to tell you you're wrong or you can't do it. And you hear that a lot. I know when I first started in the world of green building and green consulting, I had a lot of people tell me that I was crazy. I had a lot of people tell me that like I was never going to make an impact and no one was ever going to buy our stuff. And you know, we were never going to have a business out of it or make a business out of it. <clears throat> I got told, Oh no, over and over and over and over and over again. And I got told I was wrong over and over and over and over and over again. And after a while, that can kind of drain you a little bit. But that's why I think the, the role of the underdog is so important and why embracing that role is so important. Because there really is a beauty in the struggle. There's a beauty in a, just a, this, this wonderful happening uh, that occurs when you're in the midst of struggle and you're fighting for what you want or fighting for what you believe. And I really think that we really need to embrace that beauty and in many ways, we're all underdogs in our own separate ways, whether it's in business or life or relationships or what have you. Um, and, and to this day, you know, people would look at me and say that, hey, he's a pretty successful guy. And, uh, you know, in some areas, I'm super successful. In other areas, I'm still I'm still working hard at it. But today, people still tell me, um, you know, tell me no or tell me I'm wrong all the time. Um, just as an example, you know, as you know, I, I run a... Um, green real estate company as well. And so we're raising money for this big project 
in Oceanside, California, which is right by the beach. And it's a, it's a project that I'm super proud of and is really going to change the landscape in San Diego in terms of green building and what can be done green building wise. Um, we're actually a California advanced homes program flagship project for them, uh, which is a huge, you know, which is a pretty big deal. And, you know, the numbers look fantastic and the investors involved look fantastic, but like any other uh, real estate development, we're always looking for money. So we're always looking for other investors, investors like, you know, impact investors or just general people who want to put money into the deal. So anyway, so I spent, I spent a lot of time in that business, you know, talking to people, meeting with people, pitching them on the project and on the surface of the project, it looks fantastic, right? So the numbers look great. The drawings look awesome. Our team is super strong, but still people say no. People say no all the time. They don't want to invest. I have a ton of people who have invested, you know, but you know, we're always looking for more people, but so I get told no a lot. Uh, people are just not interested or it doesn't fit their model or, you know, whatever, but I, you know, you get kind of used to when you're in the real estate world of being told no a lot on a regular basis. So it's just an interesting, it's an interesting thing because it definitely puts us, puts me in the, in the role of the underdog and, and I really embrace it. Like I really do. I mean, I love the underdog. You should love the underdog. If you are in a role where you're not the favorite, you're not the one who's supposed to be successful and you're successful anyway. I mean, how sweet is that? How awesome is that? Um, I can tell you too, from my own life, personal, some personal examples, um, when I was 16, I had major back surgery and I had two discs taken out and my spine fused. And at the time I was a lacrosse fanatic and I played lacrosse in high school. It's all I, I mean, I had a lacrosse stick in my hand more than I had a pen in my hand in high school probably and was super, super into it. So hearing in my, uh, uh, senior year that I wasn't going to be able to play lacrosse as the captain of my team in the spring was heartbreaking. You know, and I had that surgery, uh, I want to say I had that surgery in January and, you know, the doctor was like, look, you may not even, you may never even walk normal again. You probably will never run and you're definitely not playing lacrosse again. And, and that was great. I was really kind of painted in the corner sort of as the underdog in that. And I kind of looked at the guy and I, you know, I didn't really verbalize this to him, but I, I remember thinking in my head, like, you know, you're wrong. Like, I'm definitely playing lacrosse this year. It's that important to me. I don't care what I have to do. I'm playing. So fast forward a couple months, I went through all the rehab and if and, and I tripled the rehab. So if the guy said I had to spend, you know, two hours a day doing something, I spent six. I would make my grandmother, Graham, rest in peace, love you. Uh, I'd make my grandmother take me to the YMCA and I would swim and I would do extra workouts. I did everything the guy, the doctor told me to do and I also did about triple or whatever he told me to do. And so fast forward three, four months, went back in for my checkup and the guy was astounded. He was like, Oh my, you know, he was like, how in the world did you do this? I mean, your back looks fantastic. You look totally fine. And, and you know, I'm going to clear you so you could put it across this year. He's like, I've never seen something like this. And so I did. So I, actually, I ended up playing lacrosse that season, which was great. And, you know, had a blast, but it was like one of those examples of like, you know, when, when, you know, and I'm not, I'm nothing special. I mean, we're overall special in our own separate ways. You've all probably had experiences like that. That's not necessarily a, a special example. But my point is, is like we all can get to a deeper level of grind and a deeper level of commitment when we are the underdog. Um, that is something that's so important in our life is to embrace that role. And there's some benefits uh, to that role. And if you are able to embrace that role, embrace that role. And one of them is, is that, a lot of times you're pretty anonymous, right? So 
if you're not expected to win a race or you're not expected to do something uh, fantastic at worst, well, probably nobody knows that you have the ability to do it and probably nobody cares that you have the ability to do it. So you can work on it anonymously. So when you are the front runner and you're the one everyone is looking to for answers and you're the one everyone is expecting to be successful, well, that's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of pressure to put on yourself and that's a lot of pressure to have to deal with. So one of the benefits of being the underdog is that you get to be anonymous. You get to kind of hang out in the shadows and nobody knows who you are and then boom, you just show up and you kill it and everyone's super stoked about what you're able to do and and, and blown away by what you've been able to do. So that's definitely one of the pet payoffs of being an underdog. Another one about being an underdog, and this is something that resonates with me and I think this resonates with probably a lot of you listening, is that being the underdog can be really, really motivating, right? How often is it when someone tells you you can't do something, how often do you think in the back of your head and you're like, hey man, I'm about to prove you totally effing wrong. Like, I'm just going to make you wrong. Now, I know life is supposed to be sort of uh, a walk through the spring rain with puppy dogs and rainbows where everyone loves each other and everyone you know, gets along perfectly. But quite frankly, there are some times when some people are going to piss you off and you use that motivation or you use that anger uh, or you use what they say as motivation. And a perfect example of this is Michael Jordan. So Michael Jordan, obviously one of the greatest basketball players ever to lace him up, probably the greatest basketball player to lace him up. And, and uh, I've done a lot of studying about Michael Jordan. He's always been my favorite player, but I've also studied his mindset. I've read every book that there, you know, most people have written about him. I've read probably 15 books on the guy. And one of the things is, is that he was motivated by largely being the underdog when he first came up, like people weren't expecting him to be successful. And he was motivated by that. And his whole career is based on that he got motivation because he, you know, because people thought he wasn't, wasn't going to be able to do things. And, you know, after he won his first three championships in the NBA with the Bulls, he left to go play baseball. And then when he came back, you know, everyone was like, well, he's probably too old now. He's probably not going to be able to play too well. And he ended up winning three more championships. So the guy was hugely motivated by being in that underdog role. And that's one of the cool things. Like when you're in that un underdog role, it can be extremely motivating. The other cool thing about being in the underdog role is that there's no pressure. And it's more fun. It's more fun because there's no pressure, right? Because no one's expecting you to be successful. No one is. Like you barely are. Like you, know, like, you, you probably don't even think you'd be successful. So you, there's no pressure. There's no pressure. When you're the front runner, you know, when you're the person, like I said before, everyone is looking to be successful. Well, that's pressure. That's a lot of pressure. So being the underdog is great because you don't have the pressure and you um, uh, are able to have even more fun doing it. And I think of, uh, I think of the movie Star Wars. Like, so I'm a product of the 80s, um, as anybody who's seen me in a tank top or watched me listen to music or dance would know right away. Uh, huge lover of the 80s. Um, and the movie Star Wars, right? So in that movie, Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and the Rebel Alliance, in the end, they're not supposed to be successful. Like no one's expecting them to be successful. Like yeah, everyone's expecting them to lose, you know, because this is a ragtag outfit going against the Death Star and Darth Vader and the Stormtroopers who are like, you know, the scariest, scariest dudes in the galaxy. So there's no pressure there for them, right? Like they look like they're having fun through that dire movie. Like they're getting into scrapes and doing different things and, but they're having, they seem to be having fun and, and they're not, they're not over encumbered with pressure 
because no one's expecting them to be successful. So I think that's really cool. Like, you know, it's, it can be really fun when there's no pressure and, and you, you know, because no one thinks you're going to be able to pull it off. The other nice thing about that is that when you succeed, it's even sweeter because you weren't supposed to be successful. Right. So it's really, it's just awesome. So I remember this time, you know, going back to my own life, I remember, and again, you know, for, I'll apologize because a lot of my references are sports references and when I played sports, whatever. So I've probably played a couple thousand basketball games in my life. Right. And as you guys all know, I'm five, eight and a half, 45 years old. I have the vertical, like I could maybe jump over my credit cards if I really, really tried. So I've got like no vertical. Um, I'm just not built to play basketball. I'm built to be somebody who sits on a couch and watches basketball, not play. But anyway, I've had tons of fun games in my life. I, you know, I've hit tons of game winners. Uh, but the best game I've ever played, probably the most fun and the one I've been the most excited about was I was in Phoenix for Thanksgiving. My mom lives in Phoenix. My mom and stepdad live in Phoenix. And I went to the local LA fitness there and they usually play, play basketball there. So we started playing basketball and playing four and four. And there was this one guy uh, and they're all like 20 years old. And there's this one guy in his, you know, he was uh, uh, like an urban kid. And he, he had, uh, he said his name was famous, right? So fam- you know, his name was, his name actually was famous. He was like all tatted up and he had, you know, $200 shoes. And I'm in there and I'm in my like, you know, $50 shoes, a pair of surf shorts and a ripped tank top. So I look like, you know, the dude from white man can't jump look better than I did. But anyway, we start playing the game. We're going back and forth and he's like telling the guy garden. He's like, don't worry about garden him. He can't hit, you know, he can't hit a shot, you know, let him drive. He can't drive. So I start driving, hit a couple of shots, whatever. So game's tied and we get the ball. So we're coming back up the court and you know, I don't know how it happens, but basically I get the ball and I hit the game winning shot. And and so like him and his team, a bunch of like 20 year old kids who are all like six foot plus who could jump out of the gym are like looking at me like I'm a, like a, like a dinosaur with five heads. They just can't believe they just lost to the old guy in the surf shorts in the ripped shirt. And I remember after shaking everyone's hand, this guy famous wouldn't shake my hand. He just shook his head and like just walked off the court. And I got to say that was one of the best, sweetest victories I've ever had. And like nobody knew any on that court. Nobody probably remembered that game afterwards. I did, you know, and I've won tons of awards and I've had tons of uh, success in sports in my life. But that's, that's probably the sweetest victory I ever had because I was such an underdog in that role um, in that game. And the fact that we were able to win and I was able to contribute a little bit to the win was just huge. So the point is, and that's a long story to get to the fact that uh, the benefits of this is that when you succeed, it's even sweeter because you weren't supposed to succeed. You were not supposed to win. It's even sweeter because of that. When you're a front front runner and you win, well, that makes sense because you're supposed to win. Okay. So I don't know how much joy you can get out of that because like you're supposed to win. Um, The other cool thing about another cool benefit of being the underdog is that when you win and how you win, you become a great example for other people. So other people see you and they say, wow, that dude was the underdog. He won. Perfect example of this is someone like Oprah, right? So Oprah, who started out, you know, a gazillion years ago from an incredibly poor environment, um, ended up being this huge TV mogul. Um, 
she was definitely the underdog, you know, through her entire career. Remember when she first came up, there weren't a lot of, there weren't a lot of African-American um, TV hosts online. There were almost no African-American female hosts online. And Oprah also, I mean, she looks like one of us. Like she doesn't have a perfect body and she's not like uh, model gorgeous. And she was able to succeed dis- despite all those odds. So she, she's probably one of the best stories of an underdog who's ended up becoming successful. The other cool thing is, is that uh, not just becoming a great example for others, but when you are s- successful as an underdog, it builds your self-esteem. And then when it builds your self-esteem, that is just like a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that the more self-esteem you have, the more success you have. Then the more success you have, the more self-esteem itself. So they, it's just a cycle. It's just this great upcycle in your life. Um, and you become more and more successful because your, your self-esteem starts going through the roof. So it's really good. Um, and it also helps you build your legacy, right? So by being the underdog and being successful, you build your legacy. And the final thing I'll say about being an underdog before I give you some advice on it is one of the payoffs and one of the benefits of being an underdog is when you are the underdog, it makes you grind more. It makes you work harder. And I think of uh, people like uh, Julian Edelman, who is a wide receiver for the New England Patriots, who's my size. He's 5'10", you know, 200 pounds. Uh, should never be playing in the NFL, but the guy works, you know, he goes to the facility and starts working out at 5 a.m. before the team gets there at 8. It just, he just grinds because he's always been the underdog. Consequently, he's my favorite player on the Patriots, as everyone, as anyone listening to this podcast probably knows I'm a huge Patriots fan. So anyway, it just makes you, when you're the underdog, it makes you grind more. So, okay, so here's the thing. So some advice for you when you are the underdog, because we're all the underdog in certain circumstances. So, in certain circumstances, we're all the front runner, but in a lot of other circumstances, we're all uh, the underdog. The very first thing is like, look, you're not alone, right? So you have company. I'm an underdog in many areas. Um, so if you feel like you're an underdog, but you're all alone, trust me, you're not. I'm here with you. So are most of the people listening in right now. So the first thing is, is like people who can accept hearing the word no and then push through anyway are very dangerous people. And you should be one. Okay, you become very, very dangerous when you hear no and you're wrong all the time and you're able to still keep going. Someone who can do that is a very, very dangerous person and is very, very, very likely to hit their goals and be successful. And you should be one. So be able to push through hearing no, be able to push through hearing you're wrong. Because quite frankly, they're probably wrong. Okay, doesn't mean just because someone says something to you doesn't mean it's true. Second thing is, is to when you're in the underdog role, I would suggest you fully, fully embrace it, okay? Fully embrace the role as the underdog. Don't shirk from it. Don't shy away from it. Embrace it. Embrace the hell out of it because it can be a really, really cool role. And remember, by embracing the underdog role, you're basically saying like, look, no one thinks I'm going to be successful except for me. And that's okay because all I need is me. So I think that that's really cool. So embrace the underdog role. And then the third step in there is to lock it into your desire. So lock in, in your head, what you're looking for, what your goal is, like what does success mean for you and realize that as the underdog, you're going to have to work harder. Okay. You're going to have to grind more. You're going to have to do uh, more things than the front runner to be successful. So just lock it into your head that like, look, I'm the underdog. I don't give a crap. I'm going to be successful anyway. I'm just locking in what I want 
and I'm just going for it and I'm just going to grind through it. Yeah, it's going to be hard and yeah, parts of it are going to suck and yeah, parts of it, you know, tons of people are going to tell me I'm wrong. Tons of people are going to tell me I'm not going to be able to do it. Tons of people are going to tell me no, but I don't care. I'm not going to listen to them. I'm just going to keep grinding through it, which takes me to my fourth and final point, which is you have to realize when you're in the underdog role that there are, that people either believe in you or they don't, right? So there's no middle ground. Either you're going to have people who believe in you or people who don't. And so what I would suggest to you is to rally around the people who believe in you. So I've had tons of people in my life uh, believe in me, maybe think I was a little nuts for what I was doing, maybe not totally agree with me, but they believed in me. And, you know, without saying it in so many words, they, they, they basically, you know, communicated to me that, look, I believe in you, Jim, no matter what you end up doing, I'm here for you and I believe in you and I will back you up right or wrong. And by doing that and by having those people in your life, it's like a rallying cry, right? And you, so rally around those people because those are the people who are going to help you be successful. You need those people around you. Um, I would not have um, come close to any of the successes I've had in my life without those people around me or without, um, that love and that support. You cannot do that, any of this stuff alone. We are just not conditioned that way as, as human beings to do things alone. But just do realize that there are people who are going to believe in you and the people who aren't. And the people who aren't, don't even listen to them. Just stick with and rally around the people who believe in you. And then, you know, in, in closing, I would tell you, look, the underdog role is a fantastic role. Um, we all are in it on a regular basis. I wish you the best with it. Um, it's really something that I think that if you embrace it and you're willing to work hard, you can push through it and be successful in whatever you're doing. Okay, so thanks for listening. Uh, feel free to check out the website, jimsimco.com, jimsimco.com. I've got a ton of free stuff on there. And uh, if you sign up for uh, my newsletter, I also send out some stuff on the newsletter that doesn't make it to the website. Uh, just you know, It's just for my personal uh, friends and family who are signed up. So sign up for the newsletter. You'll get some, uh, some videos and some private stuff that no one else sees. So anyway, I hope you're doing well. And I look forward to talking to you very soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast today. If you want more information, check out my website at jimsimco.com, J-I-M-S-I-M as in Mary, C-O-E.com for more updates and some free guides to help you make your life epic. With that said, I hope you have a fantastic day and I look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks.